Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight to discuss two weeks of Hounds off-season news and transactions and schedule releases and all kinds of, of interesting shit, I got uh, two fine gentlemen with me. One of them, uh, his name is Seth. What's good, Seth? Not much, Daniel. Just uh, enjoying the fact that it's not negative 30 degrees real feel right now. So it's better on your porch uh, this time than last. Much better. Much, much better. Yeah, we we are able to comfortably sit back outside again. Uh, I am probably feeling like most people this week, and this is just... The worst week of work of the year, especially coming off of uh, taking the week between Christmas and New Year's off. So even though I'll be at a short week, it feels like I've worked about three weeks already this week and I am ready for bed. Yeah, I was not prepared to to physically do this much this week. So even though it's yeah, only been a four day week, I am I am done with it and really don't want to don't want to go to work tomorrow I will but but I certainly don't want to that's for sure also joining us this evening yeah. we have a Stevie Starino Starino it's been a it's been a hot minute since you've been on here what the what's going on in your life it has been a little bit man um not too much um unlike you guys this has been just a normal work week for me being in the car business you don't get days after holidays off they don't do that observant holiday thing uh car dealers never sleep so just another regular work week for me actually pretty busy one um i guess you know my dealerships have taken in some cars so i've been busy all week collecting a lot of cds actually it's amazing how many people don't hit the eject button when they trade a car in so i've gotten well probably flirting with like eight to 10 CDs over the course of this whole week out of about, I don't know, 22, 25 cars, something like that. So stacking them up. What's, uh, what's been the, the, the big find for the, the week so far? Uh, ESPN jock jams today. Um, I also got like the one American from like, idiot, like 92 or something like that. I don't think it's that old. It looks a little more modern than that. I didn't play it yet, but, uh, it's definitely not that old. At least I don't think. If it is, I'd be pretty impressive because it was in great condition. I'm gonna need a four but, put on this next time because if it's like the Jock Jams album we all had back in the in the mid '90s, then fuck yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Could be. Um, I have the picture on my phone. Maybe I'll text it to you just so you can peruse and figure that out. And if if I had later a dollar on. for every middle school basketball game I warmed up to that, playing over the loudspeaker horribly and our high school gymnasium, I'd probably have at least fifty dollars. <laughs> if the hounds do it like a like a nineties throwback night, all they need to do is just throw on just everything just comes off that album. Yeah. Cause I mean that's every athletic contest from the mid nineties right there. God. Yeah, I like it. Uh what roughly what percent copyright nineteen ninety five. I think it might be. Ooh, this is exciting stuff. That has to be it. Yeah, it's in great condition, so I'm surprised it is. I thought it was maybe just from like, you know, 2011 or re re-release or something like that. I'll, I'll uh, 
I'll message Although, a picture here. Yeah. So I have to I have to ask this question though, because I'm generally I'm genuinely confused because I don't I don't think either of our cars have a CD player in it. You are correct. So, well, no, my my car actually does have a CD player in it. Ironically, I'm, I'm like trying. I can't remember the last time I physically listened to a CD. Um. Yeah, my. I'm surprised. So my the car I got out of did not have one. The car I'm in now does have one, which is weird because it's a model year newer. But uh, I'm in I'm in used cars, so everything I deal with are the trade ins and stuff, and people getting out of cars. So I'm I'm in anything from. I was in a 2004 Monte Carlo or earlier this week, which was awesome, and I found. Was it the Intimidator CD. edition? Unfortunately, no. It's just a it, no. Well, that would have been the correct era car, but no, it was not. Um, what did I find in that one? I think it was Cher's greatest hits. Was in that one, but uh, is that where she brought out? Yeah. Um, do you believe in love or something like that? Was it like the, the the thing she put on the greatest hits album to make it make it new or something? I believe you're right. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. That was on there. Um, so, I mean, that song at least was on there. If that's why it was on there, not a sure, but so, it was on. For there. some reason, it's sticking in my head that that's like you know they they always put like one or two new tracks or some re-release thing on there to to get people to buy the greatest hits album. I feel like that's what she did with that. Yeah. I don't know. People are now judging me harshly for for throwing this out there. That just begs the question, Dan. Do you believe in life after love? No, actually not. (laughs) Welcome to Houndsy in 2023. Yep, here we go. We can get uh, six minutes into it and not even touch the hounds. I was going to make this uh, comment. I completely forgot. I'm going to jump back to it. I saw something today about today's the last acceptable day to wish somebody a happy new year. So I'd like to formally be the last to wish everybody listening to this a happy new year. Oh, thanks. Yeah, happy new year. Who, uh, who determines I once got this? happy new year in March. Yeah. Who, who makes this declaration? I'm hoping one of you two got that reference. Probably not. I, I saw it on, uh, I saw it on YouTube or not YouTube, Jesus, YouTube, uh, Instagram. Uh, so, Wait, what was the YouTube? What? what was your what was your joke? I said I once got happy new year in March. Yeah, don't get the reference. Sorry. Yeah, I believe that's Seinfeld. <sighs> Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about the hounds? Sure. Okay. Shall we? So a couple of news things uh in the, the past two weeks since since we uh recorded. Uh, top of the list, your uh, your captain, the love of your life, Cronauto Forbes, King Kenny, he's back, baby. Uh, he signs. He's on for what will be his sixth season as a as a hound, all with Bob Lilly. Um, there was a little uh, little back and forth. They're trying to. Get all the all the dates right uh, with like kind of the Riverhound stats and information department because there was a a little back and forth on on how many games he's actually played and where that falls on the the all time list and he now sits at according to the the updated number he sits at one hundred fifty five appearances for the Hounds putting him exactly forty 
behind uh, the current holder. Uh, who would that be? Oh yeah, Dave Flavius, obviously. Gentlemen, uh, Kenny, I, I think he was one of the guys that people were starting to think maybe he'd be looking to, to hang up, but that is uh, clearly not the case. Storino, uh, not being happy is not an option, so how happy are you that he's coming back? Oh, very happy. I mean, I wanted Kenny back one way or another, whether it was, you know, some kind of coaching role or not. I mean, he, he's just an awesome person. Great player, but awesome person. I, I love seeing him back. Yeah, he is, uh, as probably most people listening to this would know, he is the, the Hounds all-time assist leader. He is the USL Championships all-time assist leader. Assist taker. I'm not sure how what the verbiage would be like that uh, exactly. Seth, uh, where's your heart and where's your mind on this? Uh, obviously, love it. Love Kenny as a person. Love what he brings on the field. Uh, I, you know, I I don't necessarily think he's entering the downgrade portion of his career at this point. I think he was still very solid last year. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers up. He, he, you know, he didn't come off the field or he came off the field more last year than I feel like we'd seen in years prior. Um, I don't know if that's just due to the fact that he had Danny eating up a lot of the minutes in the middle and Bob was just trying to rotate, keep Kenny fresh. Uh, but I, I definitely think he still has it in him. Uh, I had talked to him after last game of the season, and his his sentiment was very strong that he still felt like he had what it took to compete at this level. And I'm, I mean, he's he's King Kenny, man. Like you can't not have the king out there with the Bob Lilly team. So I'm absolutely glad. Also, I bought a jersey last year with his name and number on it so i'm glad it's not only i'm glad it's not a one-year wonder jersey uh, and i'll be able to break it back out this year um so yeah ha- very happy that king kenny's back yeah i was i was not jumping on the the kenny's getting getting past his his playing days uh mindset i i know that was a popular thought with a fair number of people. I wasn't jumping onto it. I mean, the guy was still—he still put up numbers. He's still eating, eating minutes. Uh, he made the USL All Second Team, if I'm not mistaken, this year. I mean, even that's putting him above, uh, you know, Danny Griffin and Robbie Mertz and all these guys. Like the respect, but the, the respect from the rest of the league is still there. Uh, the ability is still there. I yeah, I'm, I am. Thoroughly pleased that uh, that he's back, um, both just on a leadership standpoint and and the continuity standpoint, and and again, even if he's probably not playing, you know, even when his his playing days are, are coming past him, I can't imagine him him leaving um, Bob's staff in some capacity. So, just just solid stuff all the way around. Uh, Storino, what what do you think would be appropriate numbers for for King Kenny 
going into his sixth season in Pittsburgh. I mean, if you look at FootMob, he's actually our top-rated player last season as far as just strictly rating. He was man of the match three times, um, and he also leads in assists last year, tied with Robbie Mertz. Doesn't break it down to say how many Mertz had at Atlanta versus Pittsburgh last year, but Kenny and Robbie both tied 11. So, I mean, I, I would have to say, I mean, we can maybe save this for the prediction show that we maybe do preseason again, but Kenny's going to be in double digits assist again. Even if he just sits at 10, he's going to at least get double digits. That's what I like to hear. Absolutely. So, big big news of the past weeks, uh, even though it's probably not terribly surprising, and it may have been somewhat leaked at a at a Hounds holiday party before that, but King Kenny still in Pittsburgh after after six years. And I think it would be hilarious, uh, not hilarious, but may ironic, uh, now that he sits 40 appearances short of, of the, the Hounds all-time appearance record, that for all the, let's just say, for all the shit that Bob Lilly gets for, for turning guys uh, around in and out of this, this club, it would be ironic if somehow the all-time appearance leader for the club played all of his matches under Bob Lilly. Agree or disagree, Seth? Agree. Yeah, it's very ironic uh, that that would be the case. Uh, you know, just jumping back real quick with as far as like Kenny's production numbers last year. Uh, in 36 appearances, he had 70. And this is just I'm guessing. Oh, maybe this this has to be all matches. Uh, he created 78 chances. <clears throat> so, obviously, looking at the big picture, that that's still he was 20 above Mertz. Uh, across the whole season so that i mean he's still highly productive um but yeah it is very funny in the time of bob lily the one plus club option contracts you have canardo forbes now in year coming into year six and potentially staring down the club record for appearances which 40 is completely possible it would, it, would, be it, it would have very to take, late in the season. Yeah, it would probably require a bit of a cup run and a playoff run in him playing in all those games. I think most likely it, it requires a, uh, it requires him to, to see the field in 2024, which, again, I have no reason at this point to think it, could, it couldn't happen. So, uh, I, people They didn't pro- say anything about next year, right? There was no, no option. They were a little cagey on, the, on the, the wording of how long the contract is. So, uh, it might just be a one-year deal. Again, I, if you're Bob, are you worried about signing to? Are you worried about signing this guy to multi-year deals because he's, he, come on now, he's not going anywhere else. So just sign him to a year, and then sign him to a year, and then sign him to a year, and and go from there. Sign him to the lifetime deal, guys. Do it. Do the right thing. <laughs> King Kenny lifetime deal, as long as he wants to play for. I mean, he can't. He's not. He ain't going anywhere else. I I totally agree. Whether he moves into a coaching role or not, I'd I'd be totally comfortable giving him, you know, an open ended deal. Word. Kenny's such a laid back guy that like mm-hmm. I wonder like, you know, end of the season rolls around, his agent calls him. His agent's like, hey, we got some offers. He goes, that's good. Wait for Bob. Yeah, let's see what Bob says. Yeah. Are we sure Bob's like, not his agent? 
<laughs> Are we sure Kenny has an agent? No. Kenny, Kenny seemed just so chill. Like he's just like, yeah, whatever. Keep the bills paid. Keep me in a place to live. I'm happy here. Right? You can do a little, do a little coaching on the side. Do do a little this, a little that. He was because he was find me somebody working with like Canardo uh, Forbes. He was working with uh, North Catholic High School, their soccer team. So he's been a little. He's he's expanding the uh, the horizons a little bit in his spare time. Oh, he's here to stay. That that, that right there solidifies it. I did not know that. I. <laughs> it's one of my favorite little side stories. Is uh, there's a, a coach of another uh, high school team around here, who is a. A hounds ticket holder and a Army member, and he's um, he's he's has modeled some of his stuff around uh, some Lily esque uh, tactics or ideas, and he's implementing this stuff. And then all of a sudden, he goes against North Catholic. He's like, "I'm trying to play. A, I'm trying to run a Bob Lily style uh, system against a guy who plays for Bob Lily. What the fuck am I supposed to do?" <laughs> so That's I've always fun. enjoyed that one. Uh, but that's not the only acquisition the Hounds have made in the past uh, fortnight. Uh, the Hounds dipped into the transfer market, which is something that doesn't happen too often. And they complete a deal with Phoenix Rising for one Mr. Joseph Farrell. Uh, he's been there for the past five years, so he's like their, their fucking Kenny Forbes. 128 appearances in that time. Uh, eight goals. A defender. So eight goals in five years from the back line, uh, six foot two, and before he was in Phoenix, he was in Rochester, which means he is one a former Rhino, and two has uh, worked underneath Bob Lilly before. Uh, a quick look on social media when this was announced: uh, Phoenix fan not not too not too happy about the transfer, both in terms of of a, a team standpoint and just. The fact that uh, a lot of people seem to really like this guy out there. Uh, lots of words of the hardworking, kind of fan favorite, gritty type of dude coming to Pittsburgh. Storino, what uh, what was your reaction when uh, this news came out of nowhere? Uh, it definitely came out of nowhere. And to be honest, I don't know that I can even claim to say that I've heard the guy's name before, honestly. Uh, but then going on social media and just seeing, like you said, um, all the Phoenix fans being bummed out of losing him. Actually, that's what excited me more um, than just the name and the player that we were picking up was seeing that his former fans, if you want to call them that, uh, were bummed to lose him. Actually got me excited because that, that tells me he's he's definitely going to be something here. Yeah, it's the weird thing that the guy could be in the league this long, but th- this East-West split uh, that basically made, him, made the West Coast essentially a totally different league that the guy could be around in one team for that long, and especially as a defender because you're not making too many highlight reels and you're not getting that much talked about to, like like the offensive players do, that, that he was there for that long and, and you didn't hear that much about him. Seth, what are your thoughts on, on Mr. Uh, what's your thoughts on having just a Joe or a Joseph back on the back line? Oh, it just warms my heart, Dan. I mean, <laughs> that was the biggest takeaway. Um, no, I, I think, like, all throughout when we did like the postseason wrap up and the roster building, I think a lot of us, our main 
discussion point when it came to talking about the back line was the lack of a center back one for the three in the back. And I think going out and getting a guy like him brings on a veteran leader who's going to make sure the marking assignments are there. He's going to make sure the lines where it needs to be held. Um, and I, I've been kind of doing some digging through like the USL tactics uh, that he, all his numbers that he puts up. He's 99th percentile in goals against replacement. Uh, so obviously that's, that's, you want to talk about bolstering the back line. That's huge. Uh, 86th percentile in aerial wins, uh, 84% in aerial win rate. So the guy's going to win a lot of balls in the air, uh, which we know is huge to any team success. Um, I'm, you know, he's a good size, six, two guy. So he'll be, you know, I, I really see that he's, I really th see coming up in the next season. He's going to be that true center back, like the, the middle of the, the three in the back. So I'm excited for it. I think this is a, I think this is a real, like, we're not just waiting for free agents. We're not waiting for uh, MLS super draft prospects to get cut from training camps. We're active to go out and try to uh, make transfers within the league uh, for players that are going to help us day one. And I think that's this. So I'm, I'm incredibly happy with this signing or transfer, I guess. Yeah, it is a, it is a transfer terms of that are not, Disclose. I've heard some conflicting things about it because the hounds were hounds said financial terms would not be released. Uh, Phoenix didn't use the word financial. Someone was thrown out there that maybe it was just like an international spot was exchanged for him. Um, who knows? We probably never will. We'll find out. So, uh, in any case, uh, Joe Farrell, he's a hound. On the other side of the ledger, we've learned of a couple more. 2022 hounds bowing out and, and uh, seemingly going elsewhere. Today was announced Toby Sims has signed with Harrogate Town in the English 4th Division, League 2. Um, and he's signed on there for a six-month contract. Uh, so the man who I thought was going to be the hounds breakout star of 2023 is, is back home in his native England. Uh, I am personally happy that he has gone out of the USL because I was waiting for him to, to torment the hounds uh, in, in in bad ways because I, I still am not pleased that he has moved on or he was his option was not picked up although maybe him wanting to go back to England as we've previously um, theorized out loud maybe that was part of it but in any case he is he is back in England and I I know I wish him the best. Uh, it looks like he's going to be in a bit of a relegation scrap to stay in the uh, stay in the EFL, but uh, good on him. Seth, uh, I know we don't, we don't have too many Toby Sims thoughts or memories to, to go back on, but uh, seems like a good landing spot for him. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, if he's not going to stay in the U.S. Uh, for him to go have the chance to go play back home is awesome for Toby. Um, the, the thing that I kind of, my mind immediately went to this, and maybe this is just my natural pessimistic uh, demeanor, uh, 
but we had an option on him. Why not pick up the option and at least get something in return for him? I this is like the business side of the USL. I don't, and especially Bob Lilly, I don't understand. Uh, so if you gentlemen want to throw around some of your ideas as far as that goes, please do. But I, that was my that was my main thought about this was we had an option on him we could have potentially profited and helped out the investment funds a little bit more i mean you're not going to get disagreement from me i i've i've asked that question multiple times in the last year or so about about dan brought and you can now i mean that to me was even more egregious because he, he you released him so he so he could sign in the in the conference um this might be just a bit more um, good, good, I don't know what the phrase, humanitarian sounds a little over the top, but just letting him get back to England. Uh, I don't know how much money you, you draw from uh, a team fighting just to stay in the, uh, in the EFL. Uh, or even if he had a landing, you know, there's a chance that he'd even have a landing spot when when Bob just released him and and or Bob didn't pick up the contract and just thought, which to me seems crazy, but maybe he just thought that he wasn't wasn't worth keeping around. Um, yeah, he's obviously been back over there because they announced it today, and they also I was uh, peeping their Twitter and had pictures of him up in training today. Well, in the in the release, he said he's 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 been a trellis with them for a while, so. He's been okay. there for a while, but I that also that means one. that it was not. To me, it means that, you know he didn't. He didn't have a deal in place when when his contract was not picked up. That's how I'm reading it. Steve, do you have something more profound to say, or? Uh... I wouldn't say necessarily more profound. I would just say you know, it, it's like you said. It's I don't know the phrasing of it, but humanitarian or whatever. I think Bob probably. You know, said, "Hey, Toby, we'd like to keep you around." And maybe his side of it was, "You know, I'm a little homesick. I'd like to go home and explore some options local. Is that okay?" And you know, Bob just kind of let him do it. Something played out for him, and he took it. Um, I didn't catch the six months part of the uh, the contract, I guess. But who knows? Maybe we see him come back in the summertime. He gets, you know, goes home. Those guys get relegated and. Maybe he's looking to do something different, doesn't want to drop down. So, it is. Hopefully, Bob saves his phone number. I mean, I'd, I would be opposed to some, you know, that guy coming back. He gets, he gets, you know, the experience of the of the business end of a relegation battle and then uh, comes on back to Pittsburgh. I would not be opposed to that at all. Yeah, because, I mean, exactly like Seth said, I mean, what kind of money, like, you, you wonder why they didn't just pick up the option just to basically make money off of it, but you know, Bob's probably, you know, human enough to go, you know, him going back home, you know, he's not going to play for a team that's willing to essentially buy him. So just kind of let the kid do his thing and, you know, not look to make a dime off the transaction. You mean we can't, uh, we can't get an international slot off of, off a harder pool? I, I mean, it'd be nice, yeah, it'd be but it, yeah, I don't see it happening. That's a, that's a, a bad, um, U.S. soccer mechanism joke. I apologize. Yeah. And you went with the wrong H team. 
I also another another oh, thought this brought up. Man, I really screwed it up. <laughs> yeah, you really <laughs> yeah, it went right over my head. Yeah, I really. An- another uh, another thought that came to my mind today was I I really wonder what the competitive balance nature between the USL Championship and uh, I guess it would be the EFL League Two is like is is this the is this like him dropping down to a league one side or is this a likewise well seth i don't even know if you know what you're doing here but you are uh wonderfully uh uh prompting uh not prompting but you are you are teasing the interview that uh, we will be releasing next week because uh, I recorded an interview with former Hound, current player agent, Dennis Chin, and I asked him basically that exact same question. So well, I'm excited to hear that. What you'll have to I do... I will tune in next week. You should tune in next week to my hour-long conversation with Dennis Chin, and he gives me his thoughts on where the USL leagues rank, specifically with the English pyramid where would the usl championship and where would league one fit into the into the english uh pyramid so i can't answer i can't answer it now but sit on that question and you might have at least one person's thought uh in a week and i can't believe you set you set that up so perfectly seth i uh i thank you i was googling hard on this this afternoon I was like trying to find because I know like there's like the FIFA league quotients and things like that, but they really only seem to care about first division. So I'm excited to hear Dennis's input on this. His, his response was actually was very. I should say, you know, I shouldn't qualify like it's surprising. It was a very insightful response, and he took it a way. He he put more thought into it than than I you and I probably would have in terms of just looking at the on field product. Um, it's a as with most of the th- questions I asked, he had a very lengthy and thoughtful response, and it, it got me it made me think about the subject matter differently than when I asked the question. I'll leave it at that. And from that, we're just going to transition into probably the more. Not probably, but absolutely the the bigger departure, and that is 2022 Steel Army Player of the Year, Danny Griffin, uh, announcing via an Instagram post that he is he is leaving the Hounds. Uh, we do not yet know where where he will land, uh, but in Danny we had a guy for three years who just played a ton of minutes. Uh, Came basically right out right out of the gates uh, from Providence as a rookie. Uh, kind of made the midfield his own. It multiple, either stepping back a little more defensively or pushing forward uh, a bit more offensively. Slotted in with a Canardo Forbes um, to to have a really nice midfield uh, midfield pairing, and he has decided. Uh, it is time for him to, to take his talents elsewhere. Steve, uh, is this the, the biggest loss that the Hounds will have from the from the last season to this season? 
Um, hard to say. I, I mean, I, I really like Danny. Is it the biggest loss? I don't know between him and Russ, who is the bigger loss. I mean, Russ definitely kind of changed, um, into kind of a different player for us last year. Um, and I mean, he was probably going to stay in that role going into this year and not necessarily be as much of a producer as far as goals and whatnot this year either. So, I mean, Danny's just overall, I mean, a great player. You definitely, I'm definitely bummed to see him leave. Um, curious to see where he ends up. I'd love to see a guy like him get his chance in the MLS. Um, but if he sticks with the USL, I hope it's L West. Yeah. My, my big fear is he, he goes back home, which would put him in Hartford and, uh, that'd be a real shame for Danny because Hartford are a bunch of frauds. Yeah, I mean, that definitely would bum me out to see him end up in a team like that, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Seth, what are your thoughts? I, I think this is a guy kind of betting on himself for the next level. Uh, I, I, this this feels very much like when Robbie left to me. Um, yeah, I agree with Steve. I'm not sure if it's 100% the biggest loss between him and Russ, um, but obviously it's one of the bigger losses that was capable or possible of happening. And we, I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall that he probably wasn't going to be back. I think we knew it was going to take a significant signing uh, to bring him back into the black and gold. But I'm, I, I really like the style of game he plays. And I, I would be really interested to see if he does wind up making it with an MLS side, if he's able to crack game day teens and see the field. So, so I think that would be a really nice kind of chance for us to finally see a player come through the hounds, uh, cut their teeth in the professional ranks and see where they actually do kind of stack up in the MLS hierarchy. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I I, something tells me I, I I called it before and I mean I'd, I'd like to think that I'm right I just can see him in Vancouver for some reason I don't know what it is I just have a really strong feeling Vancouver's the team he's going to end up with is this just some, some amazing premonition you have here or? weird strange feeling yeah it's just something something's telling me Vancouver's his team I mean if he ends up there then <laughs> I, that's a hell of a call yeah, I don't know what it is, but I just got a, a weird Vancouver feeling from him. We'll see. I think we have the style of the, of the podcast right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Weird Vancouver a, feeling. A yeah. weird Vancouver feeling. Thank yep. you. So, Cut yeah. Down before uh, we forget. Two, two big, uh, big losses. The Hounds roster now stands at a whopping nine players. It, uh feel like we should be starting the season already um, however the the biggest name that the hounds have signed this offseason maybe the biggest name that they'll sign the entire offseason is a brand new goalkeeping coach uh, former mls uh, standout uh, john bush has just joined the river hounds and bob Lilly's staff as the goalkeeping coach uh, a quick look on his his resume uh, he started in the old USL A League. Actually, played under under Bob in 2001 with the Hershey Wildcats. From there, he went to the Columbus Crew. Uh, 
had a couple years in Chicago. His his probably best known stint is with the San Jose Earthquakes. He went back to the Chicago Fire, and then he wrapped up his uh, his career with Indy Eleven uh, before they before they made the jump to, to the ESL, uh, kind of the, the last nine years of of the NASL. So we have a, a pretty damn good standout uh, player who's transitioned to, to the coaching ranks, was with Hibbs for a, for a short while, and now uh, bounced around a little bit. He was with, what, Hibbs for, I think, like six months or something like that, and now he's with the Hounds. Uh, Seth, you had some thoughts before we hit record about uh, about bringing this guy in, and obviously one, it's a guy who who knows Bob's style and tactics, albeit twenty years ago. Uh, where do you see this this change in in goalkeeping coach working out for for the club? So, my initial thought on this was the fact that you have a young, very high prospect of talent in Jamali Waite. So I think the, the fact that you get uh, Bush in his ear every day and working with him and kind of giving him the layout of what it takes to be a professional, to be a successful uh, professional keeper in the U.S., I think that's huge. Um, but also I, I think as far as an investment standpoint for the Hounds go, I think, you know, with the new Montour Junction facility, to have him being able to work with all the academy keepers coming through uh, in this state-of-the-art facility. I, I think that's just great that all these kids are going to have the opportunity uh, to learn from a guy who even uh, has a U.S. Uh, men's national team cap and a clean sheet on his under his name. So I think it's uh, I think it's really great for not only the professional team, but for the academy as well. Steve, uh, Bob has kind of run run through a few goalkeeping coaches in his now six years here, um, but we fall now with with John Bush, a guy with with a bit of a resume and and a bit of notoriety. Uh, is there a chance that uh, you know landing on someone with this? level of pedigree is going to elevate either the, the goalkeepers for the hounds or another way elevate the um, the organization i think both and i think seth pretty much covered it all too with what he said i think bringing in a guy like him with somebody like Wade um is only going to make him that much better of a goalkeeper um and just the organization as a whole just solidify you know academy kids and everything are just going to benefit from this transaction i mean like you said his resume says it all we're definitely getting somebody that you know you know that he probably you know maybe to us doesn't have much notoriety but i i would be willing to bet and just u.s soccer in general he, he probably you know commands a certain amount of respect amongst you know just U.S. soccer as a whole, so him coming here is actually pretty big. Absolutely, that's also a kind of a name I want to put on the uh, on the potential interview list now that uh, now that he might be available for such a thing. Uh, now, the last big news in the last couple of weeks, just 
just came out the other day. We have, uh, I want to say the first two games of the Hound schedule, but it may not be. Just It could be two of the, of the first three. But we have two games. Oh, you're going to... Yes, you're going to gloss over the the sicko news that was unveiled in the Bush announcement. Oh, that um, I, I no, I'm not going to gloss over it because you're going to talk about it. <laughs> we are we are in the midst of an invitational combine right now. Yes, we are, and we have we have had, I think, only one picture that was extremely distorted. We couldn't even make out logos, emblems, anything. To figure out where this player was from, so well, but, I, via Twitter, I put in the request for some for some awkwardly uh, angled photographs, so we can start uh, start sleuthing. And they didn't make a complete promise; they just said check back tomorrow. So maybe we'll start getting the those type of you know, here's half of a half of a badge. Here's here's the back of a of a someone's hairline. Here's you know. Something like that. Here's the number on the back of a practice jersey. Figure out what collegiate team used this font last year. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's always exciting. That's like that always it, makes it, me feel closer to the start of the season. It is one of those dumb, fun traditions for like a week or a week and a half when we start overanalyzing, uh, like the the five photos they'll they'll post from a from one of the combines and. It's, it's what do you think is our actual hit rate on on getting players correct off of this? I mean, realistically, very, very low. Maybe thirty <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'd say about thirty percent. But damn it, when we hit one, it feels real good. Yeah, we're like, also, dude, that jersey's from Texas Tech, two thousand fifteen. Who was their trialist? And you know, Vesti Googles it, finds all the trialists, and we're like, oh, man, that got to be Bob Smith. Look at the hairline. Seriously. I mean. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, it is. It's Bob Smith. Every so often when, <laughs> when we hit one, it feels damn good. It's so and dumb, then man. it also means that we're dangerously close to finding out that we have a double header with, like, Villanova and Gannon on a Saturday that's going to be, like, 20 degrees. <sighs> those are, like, the best days. Well, they host those uh, – games though at the new facility i will we be able to go they have to yeah for sure i i look forward to hanging out on that that upper balcony above the field oh me too uh watching that i don't know if they'll be serving beverages or we'll have to sneak one in but in any case having a beverage over top that railing watching yeah watching the hounds play i don't know drexel or something uh yeah, man, those are good times. Like they're, it, it really is like a sicko event, to be sure. But man, it feels good. Preseason schedule. Let's go. Let's go. Now you knocked me off a game. Oh, forget preseason schedule. We we have two games in the real schedule. Duh. <laughs> Hounds opening the season March 11th. Back down at the scene of the crime in Birmingham. Storino, the league put this together just to to capitalize off of the playoffs last year. Or that this is just sincerely how how things panned out for the start of twenty twenty three. I didn't really pay attention to any of the other games announced, so I would say this was strategically planned. Um, not a you know not a coincidence. It wasn't like oh well, I guess these two will match up. I think it was planned as a you know circle back to the playoffs from last year. Yeah. Seth, uh, 
the blood is still not well, dried down in Birmingham. Uh, Gumby's still all pissed off. The the mini balls have not been cleaned off the pitch quite yet. Uh, it, fun way to start start the new year, or, or wishing they held this one back for a little while. I mean, like our good friend Nicholas Murray put out an article about the eleven home watch home openers to watch for, and it's the number one on there. So I I have to think that this has to be the league kind of trying to drum up a little bit of a rivalry between the two sides uh, and potentially being able to capitalize off that March 11th date. I don't know. We Maybe this is a... Oh, no. Never mind. Two <laughs> down from its Orange County and Loose City, so that'll get whatever... If there is a TV deal by then, that'll get that uh, deal. Get that slot? Um, yeah. That'll get that slot. But uh, I think the uh, the real uh, pain in that announcement is we are going to undoubtedly see the Tyler Pasher highlight in that Drink. match. Drink. Just just have, um, the, have, have the, the beer or the shot just ready because it's – Yes, it's coming. Yeah, we should probably just already get ready for that and start tweeting at the uh, announcing crew that will probably have that match. Yeah, well, I don't know if Lucid. Well, no, it won't be because Lucid City will be. He'll he'll have Lucid City with lots. So <laughs> he uh, doesn't. Do, he does a lot of games. He doesn't do all of them, and they haven't announced start times yet. Who who knows? Maybe you know they'll have like a, a four thirty slot and a seven o'clock slot or. Although Birmingham, they always like doing these like slightly later games, right? Don't they always try to start like with eight o'clock or something like that? I think they are an eight o'clock. Oh, that's right, because there are time zone over. Or there's they're central, yeah. Yeah, so. that's right. Oh. So who knows? Maybe. In any case, uh, Pasher's on the field. Um, there's going to be a lot of of drinks required of everyone to get through that game, which is good because we're going to need uh, everyone to get in form, get in game shape. For the home opening tailgate, which will take place Friday, March 24th. The the beloved are hosting the Miami FC at uh, good old Highmark Stadium. Friday home opener is very, very weird. I have mixed feelings on it. Part of me is, is looking forward to having it on Friday and then having the weekend to, to do weekend stuff. Part of me is, is sad because while I will be there at noon to start tailgating, I know other people may not be quite as dedicated to the to the cause. Um, Seth, Friday home opener one. The Miami is not the most interesting of, of teams to open against. Um, replayed games notwithstanding. And then two, a Friday. Uh, fan, not a fan, and why the hell we play on Friday? Personally, it sucks for me because we're actually going away the next week. Uh, so I have some PTO, so I'm not going to be able to like bounce early and take the half day from work that Friday to join you at noon. Uh, so I'll probably be rolling over for like 5 o'clock. But, um, yeah, it was definitely – I feel like we always circle home opener as like the – it was always like the – the second biggest tailgate of the year behind 4th of July. And now it kind of feels like we potentially based on 
conversations we've had with Jeff uh, are potentially now without both of those. So it, it kind of sucks for that. I saw, I don't, I don't know, somebody was mentioning there's a, I think, Penguins-Capitals game that Saturday that potentially trying to stay away from. I don't know. It's a, it's definitely a weird um, change, something we've never seen before. And if the league's making the teams play so many weekday games, maybe the Hounds are figuring, let's get Miami up here when it's 36 degrees and get them out of their comfort zone and we'll knock out a weekday game with that as well. Steve, do you, do you think the team was, was in on, like, enthusiastic about a Friday uh, home opener? To me, it while I don't have a huge issue with it, I part of me is a, a little fearful that it, it depresses ticket sales on, on one of the games that you're, you're hoping to, to draw up some interest and, and get bodies through the gate. Um, yeah, do you think... You think the team was was down for this uh, this Friday kickoff, and and uh, do you plan on being there with me at noon on the twenty fourth? I'm going to be there as close to noon as possible. I'm not going to say noon, but it'll be close to noon. <laughs> Five I'll probably o'clock. get out of work. I'm, well, it'll be probably leaving work at noon, and then be either trolling down or driving down quick. So we'll say by one. I should. Be oh, there. that's that, yeah, that counts. Yeah, Steve's going to conveniently have to run a car out to Monroeville at like 10 o'clock that day. Yeah, I'm just going to disappear for the rest of the day. Just not make it back to work. I got to watch what I say, though. There is one employee that I believe is a listener for Cocker or for my employer. Um, Well, don't be a snitch. Yeah, so hopefully it's not a snitch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that may or may not happen. We'll see. But uh, I, I don't think the team was probably too thrilled to have a game like this on a Friday because exactly like you said, especially with the weather if it's a cold day I mean as a casual fan I don't think I'd rush down to a soccer game on a Friday night after work to stand in the cold on a Saturday I would, but Friday after work, probably not Now this is a Friday which means Hawaiian shirts are required dress are, are you thinking long sleeve Hawaiian shirt or traditional short sleeve with some layers underneath it? How do you go? I'm going to go with a traditional with a long sleeve underneath. Seth, what's what's the fit for the home opener? Because I don't know that uh, I've ever well, seen a long sleeve one. I, well, I, I was, when I found out this was a possibility, I started looking. They do exist. I don't I don't know much about them, but long sleeve Hawaiian shirts do exist. Obviously, uh, if you are familiar with office space, you know that blue jeans are permitted. Um, I, I think it'll be uh, the one Hawaiian-ish shirt that I own with uh, probably a couple uh, Under Armour cold gear shirts underneath it. I might even I might even run to the store and try to you know find a size up and pull off the old hoodie underneath look. That'd be fantastic. The issue with with what like a, March. What a Yinzer Hawaii way. Uh, yeah. What a Yinzer Hawaii shirt look. Hoodie underneath. And I have the Pirates P beanie on though to complete the look. And you're and you're wearing shorts for some reason. There's <laughs> zero chance shorts will be worn. Okay. Uh, 
The problem with late March, not the problem, but the conundrum of late March, it, it could be anywhere between like 15 degrees and 65 degrees. Yeah, it could be like today was. I mean, you never know. Yeah. Today was chilly, but actually pretty nice out. Yesterday was gorgeous. That's the, you know, if it was a couple weeks earlier, I'd be banking on, on the layers. By the 24th, eh, there's a chance. It also gets us away from half it uh needing to figure out if uh priorities as far as like St. Patrick's Day parties go as well. So that's a good thing. Cuz St. Patrick's Day is the week before, right? Yeah, it'll be the Friday before. Yeah. So there's no I start thinking maybe that was the the Saturday uh issue, but So yeah, actually, if memory serves me correct, the parade's always like the Saturday before. It's always the so, Saturday before, yes. So that yeah, would be so March. Be that would be March 11th. That will be so we might be able to roll, like Pittsburgh St. Patrick's Day right in to a, a watch party for the Birmingham match, which I believe we've done before. I believe that could be dangerous. I believe last year or the year before the 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 watch party fell on St. Patrick's Day observed. And, uh, I've done it before. Yeah. Good call. In any case, well, anyone who's not going down the Birmingham will uh, will be able to find themselves at at Bulldog for sure, or maybe even Mike's Beer Bar. Who knows? Uh, well, I like how we said we're going to keep this one short this week, and we're still creeping close to an hour because. We spent 12 minutes before we even got to the hounds. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, plenty of our news around the league that we can, we'll can we get to probably at the, the next show or something like that between a change in, in referees for the upcoming season. The, as alluded to earlier, the lack of uh, a TV deal, at least not being announced yet. Uh, a couple other tidbits here and there with expansion and teams moving or not being built or whatever so we will save that all for a future show so it's time to, to close this thing up like we most often do and that's to ask the the angel question what did we learn tonight seth what uh what are you taking away from the past 55 minutes of your life uh, i think the biggest takeaway for me was definitely about share potentially releasing a couple songs just for her greatest hits album um, I need to look into this because I swear that was a completely separate album. But I um, could have been. I, I I remember my mom having it, listening to it all the time with her. Uh, so I may have to do some research. I have homework. You you have homework for the next for the next show. Either show that I had some dumb trivia nugget stuck in the back of my brain, or that I was completely wrong and. Part of me is hoping I was wrong, but who knows? Storino, what did you learn tonight? Uh, I learned that I missed being on the pod, not being on for about, I don't know, a month. It feels like maybe even a little bit more, but um, yeah, that's really about it. The only thing I want to say is RIP Ken Block, big loss for me this week. Dude was like one of my idols. Really bummed out to hear he passed. He at least went out doing something he loved, so got to respect that. But definitely bums me out. Word, I get that. 
for sure. Uh, what did I learn this week? I learned that... Actually, what I probably learned is that there was not like a specific cutoff model year date that cars stopped having CD players because apparently you had one that was without a CD player and then a newer car that did have a CD player. Did I, did I pick that up correctly? Correct. My 2021 Tiguan did not have a CD player. My 2022 Subaru Forester has a CD player. So I see. I would have thought this would have been like an industry standard that after such a year they just kind of went away. But that is not the case. So that is what I learned tonight. In any event, we'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorek. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcast in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Special thanks to my boys here, Seth and Stevie Serino. I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Tailgate zone.